Yes, our hope is found in the Lord alone. And praise God for that hope. You can have a seat. So this morning I have a question for you. Maybe a couple questions. Are you a wise person? Do you consider yourself wise? Perhaps I should ask your spouse if they agree with your answer. But you know, it's... uh, I think if we were honest with with ourselves and and look back on our life and all the decisions that we've made as as the years have gone by, there are probably many times where we look back and think, man, you know, I I wish I would have known now what I didn't know then and would have had the wisdom to do things a little differently with some of that experience. But when I say that word wisdom, what, uh, what comes to mind? Uh, maybe a person comes to mind, a parent, a grandparent, uh, perhaps someone who's been a mentor at some point in time in your life, or even throughout your life. Now, uh, in my youth, I thought I had everything figured out. In fact, I remember I was, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven, some, somewhere really young. I remember telling my grandma, yes, grandma, I know that. I know everything. Yeah, yeah, little did I know how, uh, <clears throat> how little I actually knew at the time. But, you know, it's, uh, we don't realize how much wisdom there is found in our, our parents and grandparents and such until, you know, for example, when I moved out on my own and uh, had to uh, start living as an adult and making all those decisions and assuming all the responsibility, it was then that things started to become a little more clear as to how wise my parents were and how much they really did know. But uh, if we think of it in biblical terms, what comes to mind right away? Perhaps a king, King Solomon. And King Solomon is an interesting guy because when he became king, God offered to give him a gift. He could have asked for anything. If you were offered a gift by God, What would you choose? Well, Solomon, he chose wisdom. Um, A number of uh, translations word it as an understanding mind so that he would be able to govern the people of Israel, God's chosen people. Here's one artist's depiction of King Solomon uh, looking very wise with his scrolls and parchments and crown and, of course, uh, an exquisite beard. But uh, God did answer his prayer. God gave him wisdom. In fact, God made him the wisest man ever. And he was so pleased with Solomon's request that he also gave him, you know, great wealth and power and influence and and peace and prosperity. Uh, If there are any uh, fans out there of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, Books or movies, you know, you might think of another guy when you hear the word wisdom. We have a picture of that, too. We'll see. But uh, in those books, you have this wise old guy with the... There he is, yeah. Gandalf the Grey, the wise wizard that guides the, the party as they are on their big quest. But, 
you know, well, you know, judging by those two photos, if you have a uh, <clears throat> very long, exquisite beard, then that may have some influence on how much wisdom you have. <laughs> Looks like I have a ways to go there. But in, in all seriousness, what is wisdom? You see, wisdom can be difficult to define. Some people uh, mix together wisdom and knowledge and intelligence, but they're not the same. See, knowledge refers more to facts and information and skills. You know, I think these are things that you learn and acquire throughout your life. For example, when you hop in a car for the first time, put your hand on the steering wheel and start it up, <clears throat> the parent who is over, you know, maybe in the, the other seat or in the back seat, they're kind of holding on to things a little bit tight and a little worried because you've not necessarily acquired that knowledge or skill to properly run and maneuver that automobile. Driving in the cities, you may think that some people have never learned. <clears throat> they need to acquire some more knowledge. But knowledge, that we, we acquire that through our lives. And intelligence is a little bit different, too. That, that's more referring to the ability to acquire knowledge and apply knowledge and skills. But wisdom, wisdom is a little different. See, dictionaries define wisdom more as uh, having the quality, the quality of having experience, of having knowledge, and, and of having good judgment. The ability to, uh, to, uh, to d have good discernment, have insight, the appropriate application of knowledge. See, there's a correlation between knowledge between, I'm sorry, correlation between wisdom and good judgment. Now, the text we'll be studying today is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 16. And in this text, we find Paul presenting the spirit-given wisdom of God as true wisdom. Now, if you have your Bibles along with you, you can uh, feel free to turn to 1 Corinthians 2 and if our technology operates today, you'll be able to follow along there also. Uh, I'm going to read that for you now. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and we thank you for your words. 
We ask that you would uh, impart your wisdom to us today and reveal yourself to each one of us. Amen. So the question is then, who is your source of wisdom? Where do you go to find wisdom? Do you turn to a book, uh, maybe to a person, a movie, the media? Do you go to God for wisdom? See, people of great influence, wealth, and power are, are often sources that are looked to for wisdom, or at the very least, guidance. And you can probably think of some names of those influential people that would fit those descriptions. You know, and, and actually that makes sense. Let's think about this for a moment. If you were going to start your own business, what might you do? Well, a, a wise thing would be to go find someone who is a successful business owner, someone who has started their own business and have grown their business. So, and then you can take that knowledge and wisely apply it to your own business so that you can emulate that and apply the same business principles and have a successful business. However, in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, Paul gives us a warning. Paul warns against looking to the wisdom of this age or seeking the wisdom of the rulers of this age because they are doomed to pass away, as it says in the ESV translation, or in the NIV, it words it, they are coming to nothing. This is a struggle, though. You see, from, from almost the beginning of our lives, what are we taught? Well, we're taught how to dress ourselves. We're taught how to eat with a fork. We're, we're taught how to, you know, have good manners. We're taught how to be a person, be an adult, right? So that when we become adults, we know how to live life. It's very practical knowledge. However, this wisdom, this secret wisdom that Paul is talking about, is not something that we can find on our own. This true wisdom will not be unearthed by the greatest treasure hunter in the world. You see, even the greatest wisdom that can be found in this world will simply pass away and come to nothing. But, we, um, you know, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. When we read this text and receive this message that, you know, I'm trying to be a wise person, and God says, my greatest wisdom is foolishness. I don't find that really encouraging. <clears throat> Maybe you do, and, and you're all good with that. But it, it speaks to the utter futility of obtaining true wisdom from any source other than God, because it's quite a hopeless endeavor. Now, we should keep in mind that in this book, uh, Corinthians, uh, Paul is not talking about two different uh, classes of Christians, such as new converts and mature believers. He's been contrasting those who believe in Christ with unbelievers who do not. It can be uh, very easy to misinterpret these verses, to be referring to believers that, you know, they just need to be more mature and, and farther along in their spiritual walk with God. And then they would be able to fulfill this requirement of obtaining true wisdom. So, so where do we find true wisdom then? 
Well, there are a number of scriptures that we could reference as a starting point. King Solomon was mentioned already, and he was the wisest man ever. Well, King Solomon wrote a number of the Proverbs. Let's look at a few Proverbs. Proverbs 1.7, I bet some of you can probably quote this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Next we have Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 22. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate she speaks. How long, O simple ones? How long will you love being simple? And then stepping ahead to Proverbs 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, For the Lord, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And then looking ahead to a verse from, uh, from our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Are you seeing a trend here? See, there really is no reason to search elsewhere for true wisdom because nowhere else will it be found. Paul points to there being a higher wisdom than anything in this world. And the source of that wisdom is God. God's revealed wisdom. That's the next point. True wisdom is something we need. I think everybody would agree that, hey, I'd like to be a wiser person, right? But true wisdom, as we previously discussed, it only comes from God. It's something that God himself alone offers, and the only way to get it is to receive it from him as a gift. If we look ahead to September on our calendars, that's really close, by the way. I hope you guys are all ready to transition into fall. Uh, in September, here at Emmaus, we'll be starting a sermon series on the book of John, James. And uh, a little sneak peek I can share with you right now comes from James 1, verse 5. And it reads as follows. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. See, God's not sitting up in heaven with a scoreboard, seeing who has been good enough and who's been bad, right? He's not, you know, you have the whole uh, Santa Claus deal with uh, who's been naughty and who's been nice. It's, it's nothing like that at all. See, because no matter what we do, we're not going to be judged worthy of our own accord. As sinful human beings that fail every day to live up to God's expectations and requirements, you and I will never deserve God's gifts. And to fail, we do. Maybe you don't struggle with it. Maybe you figure it all out. It's like, I haven't sinned for <clears throat> a long time. Yep, got that down. <laughs> well, when was the last time you uh, said something unkind about someone else? When was the last time that you maybe didn't tell the whole truth? Maybe just outright lied. Maybe you stole something. Maybe you listened to that little voice that said, oh, it's okay, you can look at that. It's not hurting anybody. It's a struggle. It's a daily struggle. And we fail. 
we fail on our own strength because we're not worthy. And there's nothing that we can do by ourselves of our own strength, our own human abilities, our talents, our knowledge, our wisdom, our intelligence. There's nothing we can do to earn grace. It is only by grace through faith that God gives us that we are declared righteous by him and are declared righteous and deemed worthy in his eyes. And if true wisdom is a gift from God, then what is this great secret and hidden wisdom of God that's mentioned in verse 7 of our text? Uh, if you have your Bibles open still uh, to 1 Corinthians 2, 7, you'll read, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So what's the great mystery that has not been understood? What have, what's been missed? Well, discovering secrets, uncovering clues, solving mysteries. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds more like a game or a good story, doesn't it? But who doesn't love a good mystery? Let's be honest. My kids enjoy the classic board game called Clue. Some of you maybe are familiar with that or have grown up with that. Classic detective game we have. See, every turn, people have the opportunity to uncover clues. And eventually, at the end of the game, somebody solves the mystery. They discover who done it. The truth, the truth is revealed. But what about this mystery? This secret wisdom that Paul writes about? Well, this mysterious wisdom is the gospel. The message of God in his holy word that he has given to us. And it is full of mysteries. Maybe you understand everything that's written in here without any challenges at all. But when I look at things like the Trinity, which is the divine essence of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that are three in one, they were single divine essence, but yet separate, but, the, but no, they're one, but no, they're separate, I, I can't make sense out of it. It's a mystery, but it's true. There are other mysteries in here, too. Uh, the mystery of Christ, who is both God and man at the same time union of all believers with Christ, as when you place your faith and hope and trust and belief in Christ alone, and you become a child of God, then you are part of, we use the word God's family, but we have union with Christ, and that's a mystery. Another mystery that we don't fully understand, but we're promised that it does, is that when you are a believer of Christ, you a believer in Christ, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And that Holy Spirit does an ongoing work of regeneration, regenerating your spirit throughout your life. I'm not sure how that works, but it's amazing, and it's the mystery of God. We could go on, but this true wisdom, this true wisdom is God's plan of providing salvation for mankind. And that's through the cross of Christ. We all just sang about that a little bit ago. The cross of Christ. This, was, this true wisdom was once hidden, but now is revealed. And how hard can it be to understand God's plan of salvation? Right? 
when considering that this wisdom that is a gift from God. One commentator simply puts it this way, even our children who have only an elementary understanding of the gospel have the highest wisdom when they believe that Jesus died on the cross for them. They are among the mature because they have the heart and core of true wisdom. But why then do we struggle to accept God's great gifts? The fullness of God's wisdom is found in Jesus because Jesus is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 23 and 24 tell us that, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now that reference to both Jews and Greeks is important. Why? Because it encompasses everyone. You see, you're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. That's the way it is. But God doesn't leave anyone out. No one's left out. That means that God's wisdom, as found in Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God, God's wisdom is intended for everyone and has been revealed to all who believe. Now, if you look ahead in their text to verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 2, we read these words. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. I don't understand the depths of God. How about you? I know very few, if anybody, would fully claim to know the depths of God. But God provides us a glimpse of that, doesn't he? We can get a glimpse of insight into the ways of God and how he does his work through the cross of Christ. You see, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we, we see God's provision for us, God's provision for life. He also reveals to us his unending love, mercy, forgiveness, grace, justice. That one may not be the first one you think of. But what did Christ do? He shed his innocent blood to pay for our sins. God required payment for sins. And Jesus paid the price for your sins and for mine. What was secret and hidden now has been revealed and has been made known through the Holy Spirit. And only the Spirit can fully know who God is, what he thinks and plans and how he works in our lives. So far, we have we've looked at God as a source of true wisdom and also God's revealed wisdom. Now let's turn our attention to understanding and accepting God's wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, which is part of today's text, Paul points to the challenge that we have as human beings in accepting the things of God. We read, The natural person does not accept the things of God of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So here, Paul presents a contrast between the unspiritual and the spiritual person. First is the unspiritual, natural person, which refers to those who have not placed their faith, their trust, their belief in God alone, but they've placed their trust in other things. They've placed their trust in other people. They've placed their trust 
in false gods. Perhaps even in themselves. And most importantly, they've rejected the gifts and benefits which God wants to give them, to bestow on them. And who doesn't like gifts? Birthday, Christmas, bring it on. I like gifts. But I tell you, it's a daily struggle to accept the things of God. Because of our sinful human nature, it fights us all the time. It constantly tries to influence our actions and our decisions, even our thoughts, to try to turn us away from God and away from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I bet you've seen those those little little comic book illustrations, or maybe even seen a picture of a, of a guy standing there with this little angel or something on his one shoulder, giving him good advice, and then the bad guy on the other shoulder giving him bad advice. Yeah, you can do that. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's fine. Well, it's it seems silly, but there's some truth to that, right? Because we have this inner struggle that goes on between our human nature and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And every day we face temptations, we face challenges. And sometimes we hear that little voice say things like, it's okay to just look, it's not hurting anybody. But in every believer dwells the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who works in your lives and leads and guides you. The Holy Spirit guides your thoughts, words, and deeds. And through this guidance by and the work of the Holy Spirit, all who believe in the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are then able to understand and accept the secret, true wisdom of God. Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be any challenges, that there won't be any difficulty with accepting the gospel of Christ. There is a struggle that continues. Because we're, we're not perfect. We're flesh and blood. We're sinful human beings. And all too often we choose something else instead of God. But through the Holy Spirit, the spiritual man, the believer, is able to understand and accept God's wisdom, God's plan of salvation for each one of us. Now today we've been looking at this text from 1 Corinthians 2 and we've been focusing on wisdom. True wisdom from the Spirit and the source of that wisdom is God. It's just that simple. Now this true wisdom from God has been revealed to us by the Spirit. The wisdom that is the gospel of Christ. True wisdom that is God's plan of providing salvation for mankind through Christ. Which was once hidden, but now has been revealed. And that's good news. That's good news, folks. Why has God chosen to reveal this to us, even though we are unworthy of our own accord? It's simply so that we can understand and accept wisdom of God. Accept his plan of salvation for each one of us. And our Heavenly Father cares for each and every person. Verses like 1 Peter 3, 9 make that abundantly clear. That verse says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. However, however, God doesn't make you believe. God doesn't make anyone believe. But he has revealed himself to us so that we would believe. In John 20, verse 31, we are told exactly why. It says, 
But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. So turn to God. Turn to God for wisdom. And by faith, believe in God and in his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Ask him for wisdom that you may believe and that you may have life. Amen.